0: Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for uh, the wonderful example of our boys and girls this morning who made their public confession that they are followers of Jesus Christ and that they have believed, repented of their sins, and trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ and now have committed themselves to be disciples and followers of Jesus all the days of their life. Bless them all, Lord. Many of us can remember... When we were their age, many of us, and we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and we were saved and then we were baptized so that we might be committed followers of Jesus. Bless them, bless their families who may be here today with us as guests and may you encourage each of them. May they know that we are here to support their family as their children grow, as our other children grow, so that they might come to know Jesus Christ and victory in living and glorifying God all the days of their life. We thank you for Brother Ken, and we thank you for our children's ministry, our student ministry, Brother Tim, and all that we do here. We thank you for it. We do pause today, Lord, to pray for the United States of America, and for uh, for our president, for the new president coming, and for these days of change and transition, and for the many people who struggle with physical illnesses and difficulties, even in our own church. We know that you are able to answer our, meet our needs regardless of our circumstances help us to be the faithful people of God and help us to do what you've called us to do as a church. And that is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with our part of the world and with our friends and family as we can. So we pray, Lord, that your will would be done in our own personal lives, in the lives of uh, those who live in Dixon County and also around Tennessee and the United States of America and the world. So today, Lord, we ask that you might help us as we could somehow have your help to focus our minds for just a little while here so that we might hear the Word of God and that it might be beneficial for us in our lives May Jesus be glorified through the work of this church, and may you be pleased with what we do here in the days ahead and all the days of our life. We love you, and we thank you for it, and we thank you for the chance we have to have fellowship together, and we pray for those, as Todd had mentioned, who cannot be with us, who watch today, who listen today, uh, in their homes, uh, struggling and suffering in many ways and unable to be here. May you bless them all. and. And we thank you that we can be together in spirit as we join together now. So bless our time now in your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, again, good morning. Good to see you. I'm Pastor Mike. If you have your Bibles, find your place in the New Testament book of Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1 is where we'll be looking today. These days and the days ahead, I'm talking about the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Uh, We call this series, It is Finished. Those were the final words of the Lord Jesus Christ as He hung on the cross and died for the sins of the world. And so this very important event, the most important event in all of human history, is our focus. And today our responsibility is to consider the importance of the church continuing in every generation. We have a responsibility in our generation to continue to tell the story of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So I'm going to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 because Paul here describes the way that he carried out his ministry of telling the story of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Paul's example is the model for us today in the church. So that's what we'll be looking at today as we give our consideration to the Word of God. And again, if you're a guest with us, may the Lord bless you. And uh, for our boys and girls who were baptized, we're so excited for you and for others who have been baptized among our students recently and others. We're praising the Lord that you have now started a lifelong commitment to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and to follow Him. And we pray for you and we're honored to, uh, to be here with you. And Those of you who are here as guests, uh, may the Lord bless you uh, if you're a part of the families and you've come to see their baptism. Let's stand together and honor the reading of God's Word. And let's look at a few verses together. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul's writing this letter again to the Corinthian church. I'm going to break right into some comments he's already making. I'm going to start in verse 17. I'll read through verse 24. I hope you have your copy of God's Word. You can read along with me. For Christ... Paul says, did not send me to baptize, but to preach. The word means proclaim the gospel. The word gospel means good news. Not in cleverness of speech, so that the cross of Christ would not be made void. Our focus for today is verse 18. For the word of the cross, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. And the wisdom of God. Now, Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. May the Holy Spirit be our teacher. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So Paul says to us, verse 18, I hope you'll keep your Bibles open. For the word, the message of the cross. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So at the heart of this, we learn some very important things. We have in these words some reminders to us. That the, the focus of what I'm going to comment on is this simple fact. And it is this. It's happened to many of you who are here. We're in this building today and this preaching time is an example of what we do. But it's not just in preaching. It happens in other ways through the church's ministry. And that is that whoever hears, whoever... No matter what their age, no matter what their background, no matter what their language, this is why we send missionaries and go all over the world. Whoever, whoever that person is, whoever that human being is, wherever they may live, whatever country of the world, whatever their age, whoever hears and believes in Jesus Christ crucified is saved from their sins. That is very important for us. We find at the heart of the gospel, the word gospel means good news. It's the message we share with the world. The good news in a world of bad news is that Jesus Christ came into this world and died for sinners. Is that not good news, church? That is the good news. That is the focus. That is the center of our work. So whoever hears those words, you may hear them. They go through your ears just like I'm speaking to you this morning, but you've got your mind on other things. Your mind's already drifted off or you're distracted about something else. I'm like uh, the noise of your TV going on. It'll soon pass. But the reality is some hear the truth of God's Word. Some don't. The majority don't. But every generation must hear these words from the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We happen to be the generations alive now today. We who are saved... So Paul says it in multiple ways. Just go back through again what I've read. Verse 17. Uh, the Lord hasn't sent me. Christ didn't send me. Christ means Messiah, the promised one. He did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, the good news. Not cleverly, not with being clever and cute and humorous and all these things that distract from the message. The message is the cross of Jesus Christ. We looked at it last week if you were with us. John chapter 19, at the very end of the Lord Jesus hanging on the cross, they lifted that sponge full of vinegar and the Lord Jesus took and tasted that vinegar, that bitterness and then he said, it is finished. All that must be done in order to provide salvation for sinners has been done on, by his death on the cross and he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. The word of God says, "At the heart, at the heart of the gospel is the death of Jesus Christ." So Paul says, "I'm not come to be clever with my words, to be entertaining, to to tell you good stories and humor you. No, I've not come to do that. I've come simply to say this: Jesus Christ died for sin, according to the scriptures, and he." Presses home wherever he goes in his ministry. All across the ancient world in the first century. He preaches Jesus Christ crucified. He says in verse 18, which is our focus. The word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. People who are not saved hear us talk about these words. And they're like silly words to them. Or some matter of fact from history. And they don't seem to really matter. But to those, verse 18, who are being saved... These words about Jesus Christ dying on the cross for sin have power in them. He goes on to say, verse number 23, we preach Christ crucified. In verse 21, he says that it pleased God through the foolishness of this message preached. This seems to be such a silly way, but it is God's, it is God's method for the church. All of us who are here who are Christians, whether you're young or old, It is our job to go to our friends and our family, to strangers, to all those we come in contact with. This is at the heart of our responsibility and to tell them the best news of all. Jesus Christ died for sinners and they can be saved from their sin. We can never get over this message. We can never talk about it enough. And I ask you today this question, what happens when someone hears the story Of Jesus Christ crucified well in this room including myself there the example is here you've heard someone either you read it in a gospel tract someone gave you or the Gideons like our Gideons did yesterday with Renee in the help center as we gave out the food they distributed Bibles someone picks up a Bible they read it someone points out to them these verses in the Bible about Jesus dying on the cross they hear somebody preach They have their mother or their father tell them about the Lord Jesus. Somehow we hear the story. Somehow you heard the story at some point in your life. You heard the story that Jesus Christ died for sinners. And that He was buried and that He rose from the dead. Victorious. Ascended to heaven and is coming back again. You heard the story. And you chose To believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, repent of your sins, and be saved. You see, whoever hears that story and believes in Jesus Christ crucified is saved. That is still at the heart of our responsibility as churches. And we get all distracted. What happens when someone hears the story? Well, some are saved. That's the answer. Did you know that when someone is saved, they then have the responsibility to tell someone else what's changed their life? Do you know that the Lord Jesus has commanded His people, all of us, to go and share the gospel? Did you know that you have an obligation as a Christian to tell your lost friends and neighbors, no matter whether they make fun of you, it's not your job to convince them, it's your job to tell them that Jesus Christ, died for sinners. Leave the rest of the work to God to do it, just as happened in your own personal life. So this is our task today, and I want to talk about this for just a few minutes, uh, and I'll move along quickly, but I have a number of things I want to say to you, and i want to say to this church, because as we begin this year, and we begin to think about the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, dying for sinners, I'm now talking about our unfinished work. You're not finished, nor am I finished, nor is this church finished with our responsibility to do what Paul says here. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Several observations about this quickly. Number one, telling the story of Jesus Christ crucified is at the heart of the gospel. So if you'll put those observations up for me, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Telling... The story of Jesus Christ crucified is the gospel. I want to ask you this question. When you consider and think about the early church, what did they really have? I mean, here we are in this beautiful building on this campus. We have all of the resources we have and we have all of the the, the means of financial resources and all the rest we have to do what we do. We have books and we have materials and we have resources. Uh, as American Christians, especially here in Tennessee, uh, we have all of these things. But when you think about it, when you really get down to it, the greatest movement of God among the people on this planet to be saved was in the first century. And the Lord said to 11 people, go out and be witnesses. They didn't have any money. They didn't have any organization. They didn't have any buildings. They didn't have, they didn't have a New Testament yet. They had only the Old Testament. They had. They had only one thing. They had a message. And they had a witness. Because of what they had experienced in their own life and what they had seen with their own eyes. And because of that, they went to the world with nothing but a message. And the Holy Spirit of God in their life and the power of God on their life. And they changed their world for Jesus Christ. So here we are in the church today, limping along, barely able to seem to to make it along. What is it that seems to keep us from this? Well, it's we've forgotten our message. It gets lost in all of the methodology and all the things we try to do. You see, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the first responsibility we have in this church is to teach you how to share the message of the gospel with someone else. Whether you draw it on a piece of paper, whether you just declare it, the fact that the matter is the same. Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. That is at the heart and center of the good news. The good news that simply says, Jesus died for our sins. Jesus Christ took the sinner's place on the cross. Jesus Christ paid the final penalty for sin, so that I don't have to be judged for my sin and spend eternity in hell separated from Jesus Christ. Telling the story of Jesus Christ crucified is the gospel. He says it in verse 17, I've come to preach the gospel so that the cross of Jesus Christ would not be made void. I ask you, are we doing things in our church that are somehow shielding or keeping us from our core message? Well, we need to evaluate what we do here and our responsibility. Are there things that you're saying and doing at your job? Or that's the place God has called you to be a witness as a Christian? Are you declaring to other people, are you sharing with them the good news that Jesus Christ can save them from their sins because he died on the cross. Well, telling the story of Jesus Christ crucified produces and brings about the power of God in someone's life. This is what's so amazing when we read the word of God. The power of God, the power of God was associated with the cross of Jesus Christ. I'm reading from Matthew 27 just for a moment. When Jesus cried out with a loud voice, he yielded up his spirit. That's the way Matthew describes what John's, we read last week in John 19 in detail. When Jesus Christ finally died on the cross, then we read of some unbelievable powerful things that occurred. I'm just, I'm reading here quickly from Matthew 27, beginning in verse 50. And when Jesus cried out again with a loud voice, he yielded up his spirit, and behold, the veil, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook, and the rocks were split. The tombs were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had been fallen asleep were raised from the dead. And coming out of the tombs, they, after resurrection, they entered into the holy city and appeared to many. And there was a centurion and those who were with him. Hard, hard soldiers, hardened Roman soldiers who had seen all of this at the cross of the Lord Jesus, heard all of His words, witnessed all that went on, and they were guarding over Jesus. And when they saw the earthquake and the things that happened, when they saw the very power of God in nature, they became frightened and said, truly, this was the Son of God. There is power associated with declaring the cross of Jesus Christ. When someone hears that Jesus Christ died and they hear this old, wonderful, glorious story of Jesus' death on the cross, it awakens sinners to their sinfulness, reveals God's love for sinners, convicts of sinfulness, humbles the proud, calls for faith in Jesus Christ, And promises a way of reconciliation. That's why we talk to people about the cross of Jesus Christ. His finished work. The power of God comes with the speaking about the cross of Jesus Christ. And we wonder, where is the power of God? It's because we do not talk about the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Telling the story of Jesus Christ crucified is at the heart of the gospel. It is the power of God, and it saves sinners. I read it to you again here from verse number 21. Uh, Paul's just describing what happened among these believers. God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message. I'm, I'm speaking what sounds like nothing. A historic event of a Jewish teacher who died... In Palestine at the hands of the Romans. But when that message is declared, the Holy Spirit of God takes it even in 2021 and begins to apply it to the ears of those who hear, and some will listen and some will be saved. It well pleased God that through the foolishness of this message to save those who will believe. And if you will believe this message to be true, if you will believe that Jesus Christ's death was unique and different from all other deaths and that His death was for your sin, you can be saved. You see, worldly wise sinners will never be saved. You'll never be saved by trying to figure it out on your own. You see, sinners who believe in the message of the Lord Jesus Christ are saved. Those 3,000 when Peter stood with the apostles and they all declared this story at Pentecost in your Bibles, Acts chapter 2. They all heard the message in their own language and they believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, some 3,000 of them. The Ethiopian was reading about the, the suffering servant in Isaiah, which was the Lord Jesus Christ being prophesied that he would... Die. There was one who came and preached to him, Jesus Christ. He was saved. There were thousands of others all through the New Testament. All they had was a message when they went. That's all you need, my friend. That's all you need, my Christian friend. Don't worry about what you say, how you do it. You simply share with your friend with a burden in your heart. Jesus Christ has died for your sins. Will you not believe in him? This is why we must, as a church, find our way back to the essentials. When we hear about the cross, we must recognize it's our duty, like Paul, to tell the story of Jesus and His death on the cross. Telling the story of the Lord Jesus Christ crucified pleases God. Is God pleased with what you say? You know, we we do a lot of things. We say, well, you know, I really want people to be comfortable and I want these... I want these friends of mine who aren't saved. I want them to be comfortable. I don't want them to be offended. Uh, I somehow want them to bring them along to the Lord Jesus. At some point, you have to break the news to your friend. You are a sinner. You have failed God. You have rebelled against God. You refuse to do what God calls you to do. You're living in sin and you're miserable in it. And you're afraid you're going to die. Or you're acting like you're not afraid, but you have no hope for the future. And you say to them, the best of friends tells their friends the truth. You tell them the fact that they're in a bad condition without knowing God. Listen, nothing pleases the Lord than to see His people in His church telling the story of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. The boys and girls here, you can tell your friends about Jesus dying on the cross for their sins. And the oldest senior adult here, you can say the same thing. It doesn't matter. You see, God was well pleased to use a bunch of saved sinners to share the message that Jesus Christ had died for sin. Who better to tell the story than saved sinners to lost sinners, that Jesus Christ can change their life. The power of God begins to move. There is a stirring in our hearts when we hear the truth of God's word. We gather in this church every month at the table of the Lord. We call it the Lord's Supper. And it is the remembrance of the cross of Jesus Christ and his death for sinners. Telling the story of Jesus Christ crucified is the gospel. It's at the heart of the gospel. It is the power of God. When we hear this truth, it saves believing sinners. And it pleases God and reveals something, finally. This, this whole matter of the cross of Jesus Christ reveals God's power and His wisdom. We read it here in these words in verse number 24. But to those who are the called, those who are called. You see, the message goes out and some hear the call. The call is this. Won't you, won't you repent of your sins and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? Won't you come to Jesus Christ and be saved? Won't you come to the one who will give you life instead of hopelessness and death? Won't you come to the one who will give you satisfaction? You cannot gain the calling of God. It comes out. It's what the Holy Spirit does as we lift up and honor the Lord Jesus Christ in his cross. Look, it's not enough for me just to say that the Lord Jesus Christ went about doing good. He did. It's not enough for me to say that the Lord Jesus Christ spoke and taught very wise and wonderful words, and He did, the very words of God. It is absolutely necessary that I declare to my friends and neighbors, and that our church stand at the heart of our ministry on unapologetically saying, Jesus Christ has died for sinners such as we, and we have believed in Him. That is our responsibility and duty. And when someone is saved, it is the power of God to pardon their sin, to give them grace, to give them new birth, to see their life changed. You are altered people. Those of you who are here and you've been saved by the grace of God as you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and His death, you are a new creature. You're not like you used to be. I know most of you very well. I've heard your testimony. And I appreciate hearing it because... The you that I know is not the you you used to be. You have come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and He has radically changed your life. Wouldn't you wish that for someone else, my friend? Surely what has happened in your life you wouldn't keep to yourself. Why would you keep the best news you have to yourself? Why would you be shy about it? Why would you be afraid about it? It is our duty to tell the story of Jesus Christ crucified at the heart of the good news. The power of God is revealed It pleases him to save sinners from their sins who believe in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and are saved. So we have this duty before us. So what do we remember about this today as we are finishing today? How can I try to apply this? So I make this point. I'm, I'm appealing to you to think about it today. Well, the best news comes in the worst news. That has ever been in history. The worst news is that a perfectly complete, sinless, righteous man, Jesus Christ, He was called the Nazarene in His days. This one, uh, seemingly this one who had no sin, He died for the sinful. The sinless one died for the sinful. The best of news comes from the saddest of news that someone would die who didn't deserve death, especially a criminal's death. That's the good news. God's power comes as the message of Jesus Christ is shared. I I think about it often. You read in the early part of the book of Acts, as the church was being persecuted and they were being scattered, the Word of God tells us that the church went everywhere and they preached Jesus Christ. And you know what they said? Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. He was buried and He was raised on the third day and appeared to many, many people alive. And He is coming again one day. That's our song. That's our words. That's our message. That's what we're supposed to focus on. God hasn't called us to be cute people to our generation. God has not called us to accommodate to the world's systems and ways of saying things. God has not called us to apologize for the cross of Jesus Christ and talking about an old, rugged, bloody cross. It is at that place where the power of God is seen in lives. It is our duty to carry that out. So Jesus is glorified. He is glorified. And the Holy Spirit of God does His work when we lift Him up and we preach Jesus Christ crucified. In fact, Paul said it so strongly in chapter 2 of 1 Corinthians. He says, I've determined when I came to your church and I, we started the ministry there, I've determined to know nothing among you except Christ and Him crucified. So what do we do with all of this? What do we do? Well, we go tell our friends about Jesus Christ. Someone this week needs to hear some good news. Someone this week needs to hear from you what's happened in your life. We had a we had a ministry we had a ministry plan going on around here before we went into this time of uh, pestilence and distraction and anger and frustration. Called who's your one? Many of us filled out on a piece of paper. Todd had us put them in boxes right here at the front of this building. We had them out in the foyer. And many of you, just like me, you wrote down your one. Who's your one that you will share the gospel with? You remember who that person is? You remember who you wrote down? Oh, there may be many others now that have crossed your your path. Many others that have crossed your mind. The sad thing is that time has gone by. Some are no longer alive. They no longer have the choice to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Life is over for them. For whatever reasons, their life is over. Death has come. It's over. But they're still Many that we know who do not know Jesus Christ, when will the church of the Lord Jesus Christ put it back as our first priority and principle? And I'm talking about this church to start with. When will we come back and say we will know nothing else but Christ and Him crucified? And we will glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by lifting Him up, honoring Him, singing about the cross, teaching our children about the cross, so that they might come to be saved and learn the truth and rejoice in all that it means to be God's people. For the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, my friends. I'm not focused on those who consider what I say to be foolish. I'm focused on those out there who would be willing to hear and say, I want to know more about what it means to believe in Jesus Christ and be saved. I want to talk to those who are seeking and desire to know more about what it means to know God. For the word of the cross, the message, the telling of the story of the cross, is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us, but to us who are being saved, it is The power of God. The old song said it this way. This is the power of the cross. Christ became sin for us. Took the blame, bore the wrath. We stand forgiven at the cross. This is the power of the cross. Son of God, slain for us. What a life, what a cost. We stand forgiven at the cross. May the Lord give us strength to tell our friends and neighbors about Jesus Christ and Him crucified, you step back and see, you'll see the power of God go to work.